Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And I'm Jesse. We're coming at you with uh, the third Spielberg new energy. That's right. We're still trying to keep the energy up. This is our third. I've got so much energy, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, yeah, too yeah, much, yeah. Mike. Too Shirts. much, Mike. <laughs> big giants. We're following Mike, up. Put that monster down. Creatures. You, you don't need any more wings. Put the Red Bull down. Just, just go. So we're following up the after our episode going the wrong two way. I'm gonna of our favorite here. scenes and, and our fly. likes and dislikes and our episode one of our cast and crew and our nostalgia. And here in episode three, we're going to start with when slash will we show this to our kids? Dan, all three movies, when slash will, go. Eight, 12, no. Um, <laughs> I think definitely Jurassic Park's going to be, well, okay. They just saw the BFG, so I guess that's the first one they're going to see because they already saw it, but I wasn't, I doubt it's going to be one that they see again um, in the near future. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but Jurassic Park's the one that I'm like, man, I, I feel like a, I feel like I'm going to be to the day, like this is the day they can see it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the day that Andrew, my, my oldest son turns, I'm going to say nine. Mm. I think I'm going to show this to him. It obviously depends on his like, you know, personal sensitivities and all that. Um, like, I don't want to, I don't want to traumatize him. But also, like, this scared the shit out of me, and I loved it. So, yeah, maybe that's part of what this movie is about, is, like, this is going to scare your kids, and that's okay. They, you know, maybe being scared is okay. Um, so I, I'm going to say nine for Jurassic Park. And then Jaws, um, it's it's similar to what you mentioned before, Vito, where the, the opening nudity is kind of a big deal, and I... I hate the idea of like skipping a scene. Um, I have a friend that they uh, they were watching The Sixth Sense and the opening scene with Bruce Willis and his wife and they start getting a little like frisky. The dad just skipped the scene. No. And, and it ruined the whole movie for them because at the end of the movie, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> when and did he die? Uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense. And then they like went back and rewatched the opening scene. And it was like, I'm sorry, if you're ruining a movie like Sixth Sense by skipping scenes, then you either skip it or you don't. Like, I understand, I don't know, to every parent yeah. his own, but, um, but don't yeah. Don't ruin Jaws, the art just so that you can get your kid to watch it younger. That's that's what yeah. I say. Yeah, wait till they're old enough. They're and not ready to see the movie. They're not ready to see the damn movie. Yes, I agree. Um, so... So for Jaws, it, it'll probably be a lot older, even though most of the movie's pretty, pretty great and pretty like, like age appropriate for kids or for like younger or older kids. Um, so that might be more like 15, 16 for Jaws. Um, but definitely Jurassic Park's the one that I'm going to be like a surgeon, mm. like it, early as possible without mm. scarring them. They're going to watch Jurassic Park. Um now that I think about it, when I was 10, I think I watched Jaws, and I think it was the TV edit. And they don't show the boobies, which only show up for like three seconds in in the movie. Yeah. You, you know, you, I feel really like you brief. could do it with that one, man. Like, I do. We might. That's an exception. We might. Um, oh, I don't, yeah, don't want to get like, into that fight it's here. Super, it's super brief. Um, so, like, I'm 
for that, I think I would show Jaws and Jurassic Park like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might just say, "Hey, kids, look over there." Okay, that's over. <laughs> and then that'll be gone. Um, like, popcorn! So I got popcorn <laughs> over here. My wife and I watched it with a projector, and you could see everything. You could see her nethers. You could see everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> This is when you do not want to have the clearest projector imaginable. And maybe it was like the remastered, I don't know. Are like, you kidding? Like, I've never... I I actually assumed that, like, she was partially clothed and for oh, those scenes. Not a Dan, Dan can confirm. <laughs> Holy shit. So, like... I like how Dan's, like, her nethers. <laughs> That's real, cause like it's showing. It's like it's oh, yeah. like twelve it's, foot tall. It's on display. <laughs> wow, it is wow. there for the world. Just so listeners know, we are currently uh, in our third hour of podcasting this evening. You're just getting this separately from the rest, which explains our punchiness. <laughs> Whoa, I had no idea. I actually okay. Um, so I guess I will. I will tone the quality of the image down. <laughs> Turn your Watch brightness way down. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I lo- I've never, I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's dying over here. Nethers. <laughs> Love you, Dan. Okay. Love you. I don't know if I've ever used that word. So I just got. I just gonna say. I think. I think ten. I'll tell them to look away, and I won't have a very clear TV for for Jaws. Uh, for both of them, I think. I think ten's an appropriate age. I think I'd try to show it to my two oldest at the same time. So probably ten and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, my 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 son just wants to watch everything already. He just wants to watch whatever I do. So the sooner I can uh-huh. show it to him, the better. So nine. Um, and then BFG, they've already seen it. So, yeah, that's where we're at. I'm going to echo the nine. I am still going to go a little bit older with the Jaws because of the the, the child murder um, yeah. that happens and the fountain of blood there, um, in addition to the boobies. Uh, but I, I agree with nine for Jurassic Park, for sure. Um, and BFG, I don't know. If my daughter reads the BFG and she likes the book, then we'll watch the movie. Otherwise, I'm not going to bother showing it to her. Just gonna yeah. let that just kind of go by. I, I I think I echo that. I'd turn it on. I'd be like, oh, you know what we could do? We could watch the BFG today. Um, if like we're all sick and I don't want to watch Star Wars for the thousandth time or something like that. Be like, you know what? Here's a new movie. Um, I'm gonna take a nap. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I like this stuff about it that I really like. Um, and that I think is good would be good for my kids to see or like they would enjoy about it, I guess. Um, like the magical quality of it is nice, but it's also like, I don't know, it's it's real doll. Real doll can be weird. Uh, it's a movie of it. So I don't know. Um, I'd show it to them now, but I don't feel any strong desire to, I guess. Yeah, there's other things I want to yeah. do first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have limited um, time with my children and personally, I don't know where I'm going to fit this in. Yeah. Jurassic Park, definitely probably nine or 10, um, something like that. Between nine and 12, somewhere in there. Yeah. We'll probably all be spread out in that in that sort of 
area. I don't want them to be like terrified of going to, you know, parks or whatever. Jaws is going to be older, like early teens. You know, we're definitely going to figure out a way to get past the nudity. Uh, but like, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of gore, which is like it's over the top, and like that's part of the fun. Is this over the top? Like, oh my gosh, look, there's a leg! Wow, you know, floating to the bottom, and that's the fun. And like, I don't want them to be freaked out of the ocean because of this. I want them to be like. Mm able to have fun and enjoy the horror of it uh, without, you know, ruining their time at the beach in any significant way. I wanted to add to their, their fun at the beach where they're like, Oh, Jaws, ah! but not like, ah, I won't touch water ever again. <laughs> I, I will say my wife and I, we both share a fear of the ocean of like deep yeah. water. I think it's called thalassophobia. Yeah. Of like fear of deep waters, mm-hmm. with unknown things in them. And, and this movie, like every single time people are going out into the ocean, like, especially the one scene where the mayor goes and like tells the family, like, why aren't (laughs) you going out there? Go out there. Everything's fine. And they like hesitantly go out, but then they just keep going out. Like they don't just play in the, in the, you know, the the... wife is almost like sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you don't have to keep going, like just splash around in the, and that's what, yeah, my wife and I, we both connect on that. Anytime in movies, people are making bad decisions in the water. We're like, nope, like yeah. we would not be doing that. Don't do it. It's dumb. <laughs> don't do it. I, it's dumb. I, I, I agree. Like, I don't understand. I, I never, I don't go to the beach that way. Usually, like if I'm at the beach, I'm like, I don't know, hanging around or whatever. And like, you know, sometimes you go out deep and you like swimming or whatever. It's not what you normally do with your family at the beach. You don't like go way out into the... <laughs> Into the ocean. Into the ocean. Past the breakers. To the ocean. Ball. Yeah. Good yeah. song. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on to our Ooh. questions? I'm ready. No? Okay. So I think we've covered a couple of these questions. <clears throat> Maybe we'll start with them um, to see where if we can make some quick headway here. But there's one that's really interesting <laughs> that I'd love to talk about. So uh, I I think there's like three of them. I think we can combine them, which are the effects of all three movies. So we've got practical effects for Jaws, practical and CGI effects for Jurassic Park. And then we've got CGI alone for the BFG. So I was wondering if we could kind of like compare and contrast both the practical and CGI effects and then how they're used, um, like, Practical versus practical for Jaws and Jurassic Park and CGI versus CGI for Jurassic Park in the BFG. There's also two different kinds of CGI in the BFG. There's not only your traditional animation, but there's also uh, motion capture. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which both like Bill Hader and, and um, what's the, what's the guy's name? Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance provided that, that motion capture, which is a, a separate form of animation um, that regular animation does not like to be classed with mm-hmm. because they say it's cheating. And as an aside, Mark <laughs> Rylance, they must have had just a huge database of his face and his, like, everything. And for um, Ready Player One, he's he's the guy that's, like, pure yep. CGI. Or, no, right. rather. He has, like, they show his character um, in real life as well. But he has a whole CGI character in the video game. And I was like, that must have just been, like... We already Left got over. the data. We already have these models, these CGI models, and just kind of plug and play. 
That's kind of creepy. Yeah. And so there is a little bit of creepiness there, obviously, because they're trying to mimic human like facial structures, right? And human movements, even if they're a little alien, which moving over to like Jurassic Park, comparing some of the CGI there, you know, these are creatures that are huge and there's a sense of scale and weight to all of them, right? Where they step, you know, we get the little screen shakes so that you know it's heavy. The way they move slowly kind of gives you that sense of of heaviness. It's not like what we see with a lot of CGI now, which is where things are so fast and weightless. Yeah. They, they feel rubbery. They don't feel like mm-hmm. they're connected to our world. Like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park feel a part of our, our world. They feel threatening because of their weight, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they follow the same rules. They do a really good job with the giants in BFG yeah. of making them seem heavy and tall and and threatening, right? Um, I liked that, but I also love the practical where you'd get like whether it's the trice. I know you think the scene's cheesy, but the the the, the triceratops on its side, yes, you know, yeah. like it, its side is heaving, and Laura Dern drapes herself over it, and like that's actually there. It's actually breathing. You see the the animatronic head moving. And it's believable enough, you know, it's detailed enough that I would really miss that if that was CGI. Because if it was CGI, it, it wouldn't blend with its environment. Yeah. You know, it'd be, it would be lit poorly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I love that that combination. I think we specifically mentioned Jurassic Park in the, my birthday episode when we talked about this as being like the perfect blender. But then Jaws, all practical. Really great. Yeah. Really great. Like, as Dan was saying, not distractingly bad um if anything the way that the shark is moving towards the end when it's on top of the boat you know lunging at quint um this looks like it, it looks as awkward as a shark would look like on a boat mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't yeah. know how to move right I, I think it they really made it function function really well i did have a slightly harder time buying the shark as a whole because you never see it as a whole and and for that reason, I, I felt like there was a little bit of separation. It was like, oh, yeah, this movie magic ring, you can only see part of the shark at any one time. Um, so and I think that's something that CGI really provides to the animatronics in in Jurassic Park, where it sometimes it just shifts. And it's act, so for me, sometimes it was actually kind of hard to tell. Like, when are we looking at an animatronic dinosaur? When are we looking at a CGI? Because. Like the T-Rex, all right, it'll be CGI when it's attacking everybody now. Oh, and then the head, the head is just going to be animatronics right now. And you can tell because of the way it'll blink or because of the uh, the fog produced on, on the windows from its Love breath. That. Love that so be, much. Yeah, like the, because it's physical, it can interact with physical objects that are right there. So you know it has a presence, it's real, it's interacting with everything in its environment. Um, yeah. That, that's and, a big. That's like a big problem with the yeah. Jurassic Park three when they have the fight between the T Rex and the the Spinosaurus. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just like it's just like the ending of a Marvel movie, right? You have two rubber creatures that are smashing at each other, <laughs> and then you have like humans in the foreground that are trying to get away from the smashing. You're like, well, yeah. okay, I know what that looks like. I know what that's supposed to be. I, I don't. I don't believe it's happening for one second. Yeah. Yeah. And surprisingly, that works at the end of this movie, in my opinion. But I agree. Sorry. Sometimes it's hard for me to know. There are times that I do buy that, though, when it, it is just two CGI characters. An example that is similar to these is in uh, in Peter Jackson's King Kong, 
where King Kong goes up against the like the two T Rexes. Yeah, like I love that. And there's very little of the main uh actress, I forget her name now. Naomi uh, Watts. Yeah, no like she's in it, but she's kind of just in the background, not really interacting a whole lot. She's kind of I guess she doesn't get thrown around by the dinosaurs and stuff, but um I don't know. That that I I love those scenes and I think they're fascinating and like ninety nine percent CGI. Um, I'd actually love still- to do I'd love to do a whole pod on King Kong. I would love to do that so much because I think that Peter Jackson is a little bit of, of an exception to this rule for half of his career, and then hmm. immediately post King Kong, picking up with the Lovely Bones and then the three Hobbit movies, he yeah. regresses really hard. Yeah. But for, but for those first, like, Lord of the Ring, even the Frighteners looks really good, and it has, like, some pretty basic CGI, but you can tell he puts a lot of craft into what he's doing. He cares uh, in a way that, like, when when Spielberg and Peter Jackson work together on Adventures of Tintin, you can see kind of the melding of their two styles. They're actually really similar. They care about a lot of the same shit, and I think that's why King Kong looks as good as it does. It's because he gives as much of a shit about it, and the only time it really kind of fails is in, like, the... Uh, the bug scene. Yeah. Um, that's the only time where I'm like, oh, okay, we're kind of buddy. This is 2005. Okay. But it's it's still, it's amazing for 2005. You made like a three-hour epic, and it only looks bad for like five minutes. Sorry, I yeah. didn't want to cut you off. I just, I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot, is Peter Jackson's relation to Steven Spielberg and how they're kind of linked. Yeah, and so, and that's why I do have a hard time like we're covering the same director for all three of these movies and our take on the use of CGI is like, he did well here. He did poorly here. He did purely practical here. And that was, and he did it perfectly, but he did the shark correctly because of how little he showed it. Like if he, Mm -hmm. if he showed way more of the shark, it probably would not have been the same movie. In -hmm. fact, in an interview with him, somebody asked him about that because they um, they like the shark stuff. It kept malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. He said they actually lost one to the ocean. Like it just sunk mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it back. And he said that that was a huge reason why there wasn't a ton of the shark in the movie. Yeah. And, and the guy's like, do you think it would have been a different movie? And he's like, yeah, it wouldn't have been as successful yeah. if we had that much of the shark that we planned on having. He um, like for all those scenes, like, uh, you know, when the first little boy is eaten, I mean, Chrissy is eaten. The shark was supposed to show up. You were supposed to see it. Um, but since the shark wasn't functioning, he's like, all right, I have to do something completely different. Um, so he said what he had been envisioning was like a, a Godzilla movie. And then what he transitioned to was doing Hitchcock. Like, all right, let's not show the monster. Let's instead show people's feet and what's underneath their feet. And not quite what's underneath their feet, but that perspective, that wondering what is under there. Um, which makes the audience work for their imaginations for that creature instead of having to show it at all. Which is um, something that CGI doesn't even care about anymore. Like, that doesn't even seem to be a consideration what what our imaginations bring to the table. It's like, what can we show? Now, what, what is the audience actually thinking, actually seeing? Right. Like, there's no, they don't withhold anything because yeah. they don't need to. They can literally show us anything that we can think of. So they choose to show us everything that they're thinking of. Yeah. And, 
and I guess kind of like maybe a follow-up question to all this is like for Jaws in particular, like, do you think that animatronic shark functions as well or better or worse than a CGI creature that you could have in its place or very general question. Any CGI. I, I can't creature. imagine this movie without practical effects. Like I can't, like I could see a good movie about. I've already seen Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, I've already seen Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it, but it's not. It, I I think that yeah, like I, I don't think it's the same movie at all. I mean, like I, that's what Spielberg said. Like if they had the CGI shark, he would have been would have been a different movie. It wouldn't have been as good. Uh, yeah. Because it would have been all about showing the shark rather than telling the on Hitchcock how impressive tale. the shark is that we made. Yeah. Like sometimes I wonder like what what would the BFG have been like if they didn't have the the CGI budget to show the the giant from the Constantly, beginning. Constantly all the time. Like, yeah, like what if what if it had been her like wondering if there was something out there at first? Yeah. And then slowly coming to realize there's a giant out there. I mean, we saw um, this with stuff like like the never-ending story, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. all the practical effects for that. You use puppets, you use miniatures, yeah. animatronics. Like, it's it, it has charm. It has a certain kind of charm. Well, there's also a lot of green screen in that one, too. Yeah, but that's green screen mm-hmm. of, like, animations. It's There's nothing computer-generated. Um, or there's there's matte paintings yeah. and a lot of... There's a ton of puppetry, you know? it's And it's beautiful for that. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, though, I do feel like these are all examples of good <laughs> effects. <laughs> Like I do think the BFG. I don't. My problem with the BFG has nothing to do with the effects. Like I think it's way too much of it. Well, probably. Yeah, I think it's too much. Um, I think I think it's relying too much on it and not enough on the audience to participate in it. Yeah, it's got like 40 minutes too long because it's like, oh, let's show all of this stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't know. But I I, I guess I think like it's not like the effects are bad or ugly or something oh, like yeah. that. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to age really badly in the way. So like, so an example to me of like, uh, mostly good, like high use of both effects and practical, like, like CGI and practical effects is Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Fellowship of the ring. And like it, that movie is like 98% fantastic when it comes to the combination of them both. But there's one scene where it sucks. It really sucks. And it's the troll fight. The first mm-hmm. time I saw it, it was awesome. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. This is like real yeah, life. And I great, saw it again. Right. And I'm like, this looks like crap. It's as bad as the Matrix uh, mm-hmm. Reloaded when Neo's fighting all the Agent Smiths and like the playground. And it's like worse than mm-hmm. a video game. It's all rubbery and it's bad. Um, I feel like I the issue comes when it, they decide to... Um, Rather than figuring out a way to have the story be told uh, when they don't have the budget to pay for like perfect, like most perfect possible thing out there, um, that's when CGI like really falls apart or when when special effects really fall apart. Instead, like what works really well for Jaws and Jurassic Park is that even though like these are dated you know, the, the tools and everything are dated. They defined like how you do certain things. And then people were able to be like, Oh, you can do that. Let's do more. Let's do something better. Um, they still hold up because they made these 
fan- they made stories that are fantastic and that are uh, it, it, it doesn't the story doesn't rely on what you see. Like like he said, it doesn't rely on what you see. It relies on what the story. It relies on the story. It relies on itself. Mm. I guess is what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> I follow I you. That's the difference. Yeah. I like that. It's a good answer. Yeah, I yeah? like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess we're, it's just kind of on it then. Cool. I guess it's just kind of like ongoing in our in our <laughs> continuing conversation about the the separations of these and how each individual example that we find kind of fits into what we think. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like suspension of disbelief, like Dan was talking about earlier. Because like every every story, every movie requires you to suspend disbelief at some point. And the fact of the matter is, Ready Player One does not earn the suspension of disbelief that it requires to believe that all of this shit is worth caring about. Yeah, um, and I got to suspend my 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 belief in myself as a person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A physical being alive on the mortal plane. Yeah, but I mean, like that's amazing because this is the same thing that's been going on since like ancient Greek times when it was like you had to suspend your. Well, I guess they would really like stab out Oedipus's eyes. Like that was the dream was to get to play Oedipus so that you could blind yourself, and then everyone would like honor you for the rest of your life. Mm. It was crazy shit back then. Like, whoa, 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 that's real? Yeah, I think I think so. I read that somewhere. Imagine if you did that and you were just nominated for Best Actor <laughs> yeah. and didn't win. <laughs> so it's like the real Birdman? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. They were crazy. They cared okay. about stuff then. Back when Unlike now. Frank, no one cares about anything. <laughs> Who stabbed their eyes CGI. out recently? <laughs> All right. Um, I, I want to ask uh, real quick. Um, I like all three of these. We've touched on all of them, except for Jurassic Park and Jaws are considered scary. Um, look, I know we're trying to make this an hour. Can we just make this this last one just a little bit shorter? I'm, yeah, just, I'm, I'm running out of steam. Um, is, that, yeah. is that the one that you want to talk about? Or I, I, like all, wanna... I like all three of them. That's just the one we haven't talked about at all yet. That's mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Well, personally, of the three, I would want to talk about the three Spielberg movies. What makes these Spielberg movies? Sure, let's do it. It's a capstone to the series. I agree. Okay. So I guess coming to the, near the end of our discussion, before we ask, is this a dad series? Uh, let's ask. Let's ask what makes these three Spielberg movies. You know, what do they have in common? They got they got a monster. They got kids. Kids in peril, right? Uh-huh. They have uh, broken family units. All of them. Does Jaws have a broken family unit? Well, the kid dies. Well, but none of the main kids. I didn't say that. Okay, a kid that, that, dies. That, that, that's a broken family. Okay. Also, where's the husband? Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, also, he's tra- he's scared that his kid's gonna die. He's yes. just trying to prevent mm-hmm. it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got? Um, they're all based off books. Apparently, he likes to base movies off books. That's a good call. I would not ever remember that. Um. John Williams? John, John Williams, Williams is a big player in all of them. Yep. That's, like a, the, that's, a, that's a ton of connective tissue, actually. Oh, yeah. I guess Same I never director. brought it up, but like John, <laughs> the John Williams score in uh, the BFG really changes the tone sometimes. Like It's kind of horrifying that there is this like tiny little girl in the clutches of a giant 
that won't let her go. But because of the happy music, it feels fine. You know, I, I do have to say, I'm, I can't remember a one note of his score for the BFG. Not, I, not a single moment. I don't remember the notes, but I remember the feeling it left on me. And that's all I can remember. I remember feeling that same thing as well. It's like, I should be feeling weird about like an old large man stealing a little girl, but his name's Run. His thoughts nice. get all squiggly. <laughs> <laughs> but so we talked a little bit though at, at the beginning, uh, back at episode one of this series about what kind of makes some of Spielberg's themes, right? Um, kids, abandonment, specifically from dads. Um, a lot of issues with, uh, with you know a physical threat to you as a child. Usually the kid is precocious and has to rise above in some way or grapple with it in a way beyond their years. Um, coping with trauma is a really big part of his, his kid characters. Um, growing up, growing up is a huge part of his movie. Yeah, and he kind of, with all three of these, he likes dabbling with kind of the mysterious or the unknown. Like, obviously, a lot of his movies are science fiction, which is exactly that. Like, what could science do? What what could we imagine science was capable of? Just one little thing and then run with that for two hours. Um, but with, you know, BFG is more of the fantastical, but it's still like, what if giants actually existed they just, you know, were able to hide from us really well. And um, <laughs> what if sharks ate people? What if dinosaurs were real? What if di- giants were real? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're all a bit science fictiony or fantastical. Um, they're not just like straight up drama or something like that. They're they're all a bit, yeah, fantastical. What if there was a shark? <laughs> what if what there if- was Jaws? <laughs> What if there was a BFG? Yeah. What if uh, there was a Jurassic Park? <laughs> I gotta say, so when I, when I was in elementary school, I I thought I could draw and I thought I was really funny, and so I thought I'm gonna make comic books. Like I'm gonna make um, kind of the what's, oh, yeah. what's the um, what's the guy that does all the single pane um, Far Side Gary, Gary Larson. Larson. Yes, yeah. I was like Thanks, I'm gonna do Far Side like single single things and the very first one i drew was a whole bunch of mandibles like a whole bunch of mouths in in an ocean and the guy's like oh my gosh it's jaws <laughs> and, and, and i thought i was going places like <laughs> you still could be dan someone's that gonna is, hear this that is Incredible. unbelievably gary larson right there <laughs> yeah i can literally envision that in his style that would be terrifying, actually. And look at Jaws. Um, but also, speaking of technical level. Yeah, oh. oh, I was going to say, one other thing is, like, uh, the main character, it, well, one of the, each of them has, like, the father figure is, like, wrestling with, uh, with being a good father figure in each of them, right? Like, uh, Sheriff hmm. Cooper is trying to be, like, like that's that's kind of like subtext Brody. a little bit, but what's that? Brody. Brody. Hooper's Dreyfus. Hooper's Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Brody. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he doesn't know how to be close to his son. He he has such hard time. With it. It's partly like the one that. Time was like nice to his kid. His wife is watching and is like, "Oh, you're that's so sweet." <laughs> well, I Give I, us I, a I think he's got a good relationship with <laughs> yeah. them, but like he's uh, it's that like suddenly he's done something he has not done something and it was the wrong thing to do. And mm-hmm. how does he? 
how does he make up for that? He has to go fishing. Tell him I'm going fishing. Remember? I'm like, yeah. So so it's about like kind of uh, repaying uh, for for the for his sin. Like he's he's mm-hmm. got he has to be on the boat. He's terrified of the water, and he has to fight that fear and overcome it so that he can come back to land and be like the the father for his children that he needs to be. Um, and then like with with Jaws, we've got uh, uh, what's the you mean Jurassic, Jurassic Park? Park? Yeah, sorry, Jurassic Park. Um, What's the doctor? Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Yeah, Sam Neill. Doctor Grant. Doctor Grant. He doesn't want to be a dad. He doesn't like kids. He doesn't, he doesn't want, want to, to do sit any next dad. to them on the jeep. Yeah, I'll he... cut you here, or maybe here or there. <laughs> they sting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he thinks they say, and like, here's a kid who's like, all he wants to be is this guy, and, he, and he's like hero worshiping him. Like, how often does an archaeologist get hero worshipped, right? Like, yeah, it's gotta not happen very, very often. Um, but uh, but by the end of the movie, he's realized like, no, actually, kids are awesome, and like, not only that, like, he's taking care of them, he's helped them to survive, and he's realize he enjoys teaching them how to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, and then with the BFG, like runt. Yeah. The runt becomes the BFG really through. He outsmarts them all. He makes yeah. them, you know, makes them sorry for their sins and learns how to treat. What is it? Sophie. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sophie. I can't do the voice. It's, it's, in, it's incomprehensible. I didn't know what he was saying most of the time, but yeah, he learns how to treat her nicely, and and they learn how to like navigate their way in the world. You know, both finds connection. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, but it might be a little a little bit more squiggly there, but squiggly. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's definitely meant to be the father character yeah. there, though. Yeah, or nice and uncle. I like how in all three of these movies, like the 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 dad protagonist always has like this one really obvious thing to overcome. Like with, with Brody, it's, it's the water with, uh, with Dr. Grant, it's his hatred of kids. Uh, and with the BFG and Raptors and And with the BFG, it's, um, uh, just letting people bully him. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop. Just with all three of them. It's like, it's very obvious. Like, that character needs to change by the end of the movie. And and they do. And it's it's an obstacle that's so big and that you kind of care about. And uh, it's... And, and you know they're going to do it by the end. And that's nice. It's an, I think that's part of what makes this Spielberg movie for me. That That's yeah. just a very nice... The clarity. Very much so. Like, that is not subtle at all. And I think that's why he his method is probably used very well for blockbusters um, because you kind of need that sort of like in your face, like this is the thing you need to overcome. And it's, it's comforting. It's comforting to see that because sometimes I'm not looking for something subtle. I just want to see a character change by the end of two hours and then be done. Yeah. I know exactly what happened. It's, it's clear storytelling with subtle filmmaking because is some of his camera movements while showy are actually pretty, hard to detect um it's Mm -hmm. got this bombastic music we have great performances but all performances that serve the story none of which are are standout elements really um and uh everything else falls into line everything Mm -hmm. falls in service of the story and the story is grandly clear and sincere and and clever yeah 
and and it's delivered on this this beautiful showy bouquet and you're like there you go eat it mm-hmm. and unlike other blockbusters that he has produced like transformers which is pure fluff his blockbusters do have substance they have yeah. meaning mm-hmm. they, they they are about something yeah and they tend to have sort of like traditional <laughs> values i'd say right? yeah like traditional american values that everyone agrees on like hey it's good to be a good person um and like yeah. we are all struggling to become better and like, yeah. we should not uh let don't de- be shitty let sharks eat people uh we should blow them up it might be scary <laughs> but we should do it if it's good yeah face your fears and overcome mm-hmm. it that's literally all the movies yeah and that's but nice. what's amazing is that he's <laughs> able to do it year after year like over the decades to create like mostly really good stories that are that simple in a certain way. I think you can count on one hand the movies that people would agree are not good that he's made. Yeah. 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 There are some. In a career spanning 50-some years. And also they're all very wildly different. Yeah. Yeah. Like these movies and Saving Private Ryan, Mm -hmm. not the same. No. Schindler's List? (laughs) Oh. Not even close. Warhorse? I mean, like, is, those are two rad- those are two war movies that are radically different war movies. <laughs> Catch me if you can. Minority <laughs> Report. The Terminal. Remember the one where Tom Hanks oh, has yeah. an accent and lives in an airport? I was okay. That was a movie I saw. Like the the ads for it, and I like lobbied my family to watch that movie for like three years. And we finally so watched it. It was awful. It's terrible. It was so boring. I'm so sorry, Mike. <laughs> I, I was I lost so much respect for my family. Oh my <laughs> I'm still trying to get it back. It's like this was your I'm still choice. I'm fine with the terminal. Oh, I like it. <laughs> but I, I think I think ultimately what we're saying is that like a, a filmography like this shows that he, as a person, he's got to be a pretty solid person. Mm-hmm. And any any like interviews I've watched or any like secondhand accounts of him. Everybody says he's a very like a, a, a nice guy to be around. He's someone you want to talk to. He's someone that is easygoing. Um, it seems like people like to work with him. Like I, I've never heard of a complaint, you know, being directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, I think that's cool that it's, it comes out in his movies and, you know, his personality one cool fact I did learn about him is he never profited off of, um, shit. Why did I just forget the name of the movie? We've been talking saving, about saving it. private Ryan Schindler's no, list. The other one Schindler's list. He never profited off of Schindler's list. He considered it blood money. So he, he's donated it all to charity. Good for really? Him. Wow. Mad wow. respect. Yeah. But well, he also did. has a net worth, net worth of $3.5 billion. So he doesn't really need it. Yeah, I mean, he, again, he did produce all the Transformers movies. Like, he made so much money off of those just alone before, and he already had so much money in, when he got yeah. there. Yeah. And he makes 2.5% off of any profit made from the original Star Wars, the first yeah. one. Nice. Episode wow. 4. Nice. Wow. But and does he get a piece of the uh, of the merchandising? That's the question. Oh, I have no idea. You could Google that. Yeah, I, I do know that George Lucas makes 2.5% off of Close Encounters of the Third Kind as well. But A way less good deal. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the trade. Better movie, but not as much money by far. Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg it's like $2.50 really, yeah. every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, here, we're going to have to do a speed round here. Um, mm. Dan. That's right. You get 30 seconds. Dan, is this a dad series? Uh, absolutely. 
hundred percent. These, I think for sure, like Jurassic Park is a 100%. Jaws is like 90% yes. BFG is like, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a dad movie. I think it's a kid, it's a kid's movie and maybe I'll watch it with my kids uh, again for a second time. So yes, as a series, hundred percent, Steven Spielberg is the dad director. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Jesse. Yeah. Basically same. He's the dad director. And then also like, I feel like Spielberg's movies, I can watch with my kids at, at any point, at, at least at some point in their lives. And I could probably watch his whole filmography or at least most of it with them and and just have a great time with them and really connect and it'd be obvious and we'd all enjoy it. He makes great family movies even when they're terrifying and scary. So yeah, absolutely dad. Um, and the memories I have with my dad and the memories I want to establish with my children here are, uh, yeah, I think this he makes the essence of dad movies for me. I, uh, I I think this is two thirds of a dad series. I if agree. We're doing if we're like saying, is this like all three movies? Mm-hmm. So Jaws, that's a dad movie. Put it on the wall. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Jurassic Park, that is put even it on the wall. Dadder of a movie. BFG is not a dad movie. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's not a dad put movie. It it's not over there. It's somewhere. not me. It's not like like it's fine. Like it's yeah. it's enjoyable, but it's not a dad movie. So two thirds of a dad movie. Uh, series um, for me, and I think Spielberg. I, I totally agree. He's a dad director. Mm-hmm. Everything that he he makes is something that, as some like you said, Jesse, you could show it to. It's a family. He makes family movies, um, mm-hmm. just for different stages of family. Sometimes, Vito, what about you? I I agree. I agree hundred percent with everything that all of you have said. I don't think BFG's dad movie. I think the other no. two are hundred percent. And uh, I look forward to when we crack open Spielberg again sometime and see see what else we're going to cover. I was happy to do two classics and an unknown. Um, I was really happy to, to kind of dig into what Mr. Spielberg's been doing in his later career. Um, I think you should quit it <laughs> and go go back to what he's doing before. But I love his blazing new trails. Um, yeah, I was happy to do this with you guys. And I hope listeners, I hope you enjoy this new format of the show. Um, you know, more concise bites every week. But on the whole, a more relaxed episode. I hope it uh, hope it brings a chord with you. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. As always. But from all of us at Not Your Father's Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. I'm Jesse.